Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 with the promo code BETTINGPROS on first deposit. All right, here with me to talk NFL Week 16 best bets for the Saturday Christmas Eve games is Joe Osborne, host of the Chasing That Paper Podcast. Joe, it is a busy time of year. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, it is a busy time of year, a fun time of year, though. A stretch yeah. run of the season, figuring out who's going to get in to the playoffs, who's going to be on uh, the outside looking in. Uh, so, yeah, I love it. And uh, some great spots here this weekend, too. Yeah, absolutely. How's the season gone for you? Uh, pretty good. I play more totals than mm-hmm. sides. And uh, I'm, I think I'm up around eight units on totals. Nice. I'm losing on everything else, so <laughs> so not so nice. So you know, I, I kind of you figure out the hard way what you're good at and what you're bad at. Uh, I stay away from props for the most part. I do a lot of teasers now. With teasers, I got off to uh, a pretty rough spot, as you probably recall. Yeah. Uh, underdogs were hitting at a very high percentage to start the season. I had some bad beats. I got burned on a few of them that. Uh, even that uh, we go back to last Thursday night, the Raiders versus the Rams. Like a lot of people, yep. I had the Raiders on a teaser because you're able to uh, gently tuck them inside the three points there. That one didn't work out. But uh, but yeah, those have kind of ridden the ship a little bit, I guess you could say, with teasers. But yeah, it's been, it's been a fun season. You just try to learn from your mistakes, right? Yep. Absolutely. Oh, teasers were brutal early in there, especially for people who were teasing down as opposed to teasing oh, up. Yeah. But even even people who were teasing up weren't having all that much success either. It's just it's been a, a weird year for uh, for teasers, especially a weird beginning of the season. But uh, all right. So great to to have you on the show and you know, looking forward to talking with you about the Saturday slate. A quick programming note. We're going to have a special episode for the Christmas Day games and Monday Night Football. Pat Fitzmaurice and I will break down all four of those games. So check out that episode, which will be released after after this one in this episode hitting on our favorite bets for all of those Saturday games and we're going to start with Bengals on the road in New England this was three and a half and it has bumped down to three and I, I gotta say uh I, I haven't taken a position on this game but this this move down might tempt me uh I, if I'm betting on anything here it is the Bengals and that's the side that you are on talk to me about what you're seeing in this line here a very reasonable number here. So I'll start with a trend and then a few stats to back it up. And the stats, which I think will be uh, the difference maker in this game. So the Bengals are on this ridiculous run where they're 19-3 and three <laughs> against the spread over their last 22 games. That includes the playoffs and the Super Bowl last year. And sometimes I see a trend like this and I say, hey, is the market reacting to it? They don't appear to be here because this is a very fair number. Favored by a field goal in New England versus a Patriots team who looks like uh, the wheels might be ready to fall off here, right? Three losses in the last four games, although some bad luck um, last week. But still, a loss is a loss, I guess you could say. But they're being undervalued, and I think New England's being overvalued. I think New England continues to be overvalued based on who their head coach is, uh, the greatness of Bill Belichick, you know, you hear from time to time uh, people handicapping a Patriots game, and they'll say, well, you know, Bill Belichick versus a divisional opponent or Bill Belichick in prime time or Bill Belichick on a short week. I don't think you should be incorporating the greatness of Bill Belichick into your handicapping anymore, right? Like, I wonder what this line would be if it was a first-year head coach or something or Matt Patricia even as the head coach of uh, 
the Patriots. So yeah, I think it's a fair number on the Bengals, especially, you know, they've been a covering machine and this comes down to two key areas where the Bengals are fantastic at and the Patriots are awful at uh, third down uh, offense and red zone offense. So the Bengals rank fourth in both third down conversion percentage and red zone touchdown conversion percentage. The Patriots are 29th and dead last in those categories, right? So I think the ability to extend drives will be key for the Bengals and also being able to score touchdowns, not field goal attempts in the red zone. That could be the difference in this game, right? And, you know, the Bengals, they got a lot of breaks last week, didn't they? They really didn't play that well. I mean, at the uh, the Bucks there, you take a look at the final score and you say, well, the, the Bengals killed them, didn't they? Not really. They lost the yards per play battle 5.7 to 3.8. They benefited from those four turnovers. I think we get a much more efficient game out of them this week. Uh, you take a look at Mac Jones. They still haven't officially named him as a starter, oddly <laughs> enough, but... He, he, this guy is regressing. He has one touchdown pass in three games this month. He went up yeah. against, I started him on my DraftKings. I do a DraftKings with a bunch <laughs> of guys every weekend. And I say, hey, this is an excellent opportunity for Mac Jones. You know, we saw him uh, perform very well against a bad pass defense in the Vikings there on Thanksgiving. The Raiders awful against the pass. 112 yards on 41.9% <laughs> completion percentage. Versus the Raiders. So, yeah, it, I think the wheels might be falling off for the Patriots. So, truly two teams going in different directions. Yeah, and the Patriots defense, it has been really strong against subpar opponents. You know, like offenses that really can't do anything. It's been great. And so, like, they they accumulate, they pile up all of their gaudy production against these subpar opponents. And then whenever they play actually good offenses, they're just not the same. And so... You know, what they're able to do, like the the numbers that they've had, I don't think it really means much for what they're going to see going against this this Bengals offense. And as you mentioned, the Bengals actually weren't all that great last week, and they still found a way to put up the points, which is pretty um, pretty promising. You know, like even when a team is not playing well, that they can go out and cover the spread. Like that is the sign of a team that is really coming into its own. And Joe Burrow, you mentioned the um, the stat of, I think, 19-3 and three against the spread in, in their past 22 games. Burrow has been particularly effective on the road. Like that's not always the case with a lot of quarterbacks. In fact, a lot of them have those kind of home road splits where maybe it's better to play. Like think of Aaron Rodgers, who's been like for his entire career, just, you know, almost like a, an autoplay uh, at Lambeau Field and been about break even uh, on the road. It's with Burrow, like he's godlike on the road. Uh, and and so I'm not really thinking that the normal road disadvantage that some teams will have really applies to him. So I, I mentioned I haven't taken a position on this game yet, but with this number going down to three, there's a decent chance I'm going to be betting on it. Um, a game that has caught my eye here is uh is the lions and it, it feels very chalky to say like oh hey i'm, I'm going to be betting on the lions but i mean dan campbell is a covering machine uh last year and then once again this year and they have been especially good since uh week eight when amon ross st brown returned from injury seven and one against the spread uh and so we know what that offense is capable of doing even though you know jared goff He's not like a world-beating, talent-elevating kind of quarterback. 
he's someone when he's clean in the pocket is able to do what he needs to do to keep the offense going. Uh, and that defense is starting to get incrementally just a little bit better. It's not as if they're they're good now. They're probably not even average. They're just not the worst defensive unit in the league. And that is enough to help them get to the point where they can consistently cover the spread. And I think the key matchup for me is this Lions offensive line against the Panthers defensive line. The Lions offensive line, I have them ranked number one in my personal unit power rankings. The Panthers defensive line is number 21. Lions offense is number two in adjusted sack rate. The Panthers defensive line, number 27 in adjusted sack rate. So I think, you know, the Lions back-to-back road games, Jared Goff, he doesn't have the benefit of playing in the dome, but he was outdoors last week in cold weather. He had an effective 7.2 adjusted yards per attempt against a a tough Jets pass defense, by the way. And, you know, the forecast weather in Carolina, it's not great, but it's not like the apocalypse we're seeing in so many of the other games. It's clear, 30 degrees Fahrenheit, six miles per hour with the wind. Like, that's reasonable enough. Like, that's hardly enough to cause concerns in terms of weather. And so the Panthers are without number one cornerback, Dante Jackson, who's out for the year with his Achilles injury. I expect the Lions to be able to attack through the air. And when they do, I think Goff is going to have a pretty clean pocket. And we've seen when he has a clean pocket, when he's not under pressure, he can stay upright. He's able he's able to deliver the ball to whoever he needs to, to get it to. And they have the weapons in that offense. So I do like the Lions here. Uh, on the road in Carolina at minus two and a half. Uh, If you have any thoughts on the Lions, great. If not, we can move on to another game that you want to talk about. Hey, I like the Lions there, inside of a field goal. I think that's like, you look at that, and I'm not the type of better who says, oh, this is a trap, or, you know, there's something fishy going on. I just see a number, and hey, if a lot of public people are on it, then that doesn't really matter to me. I think this will be a heavy public side. Uh, it's no exaggeration to say that the Lions have been one of the best teams in football since the start yeah. of November. They're six and one. The only loss was on Thanksgiving, a three-point loss to the current Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. The Buffalo yeah. Bills. So yeah, I do uh a bunch of like spread pools and things like that. And the Lions, two and a half, one hundred percent on there. How far can the Panthers keep going here with uh Sam Darnold? At quarterback, you know, their defense is pretty good. Their offense doesn't have it. I think that comes down to uh, just the monster gap you have between the two offenses there. So, yeah, absolutely yeah. love the lines in that spot. Yeah, and, you know, I, I do power ratings, uh, you know, update them every week after we get new data from the games that were just played. I think at this point it's pretty fair to say the Lions are solidly an above-average team. You know, that that wasn't the the market opinion, the consensus opinion entering the year. But I think that has to be the opinion that people have now. And regardless of what we have seen out of the Steve Wilkes Panthers, I don't think there's any question. They're still a below average team. They're a below average team that has outperformed very low expectations, but they're still a below average team. So, uh, yes, I'm I'm very much on the Lions here at anything less than a field goal. Uh, I mentioned, you know, weather concerns and how we don't have weather concerns for that game. But, I mean, we got weather concerns for a a whole host of other games here. And one of them, Falcons, Ravens, 35 and a half. Unbelievable that, you know, in in the (laughs) quote-unquote modern NFL, 35 and a half is a real total 
that is out there. But, you know, a lot of these totals this week are low uh, for weather concerns. But, you know, totals have been creeping down this year just because scoring isn't uh, doing what we saw in previous years. And in this Falcons-Ravens game, you've got two backup quarterbacks. Well, I guess Desmond Ritter is now technically the starter, but he's not a starter caliber type of player for the Falcons. Just, uh, you know, rookie making his second NFL start. And then for the Ravens, we have Lamar Jackson missing his third straight game. Uh, Tyler Huntley going to be the starter uh, in, in place of the injured Lamar Jackson. You like the under here of 35 and a half. What are you seeing in this game? Yeah, I love the under in this game. You know, sometimes people see these low numbers and they're like, ah, I'm not even going to bother. They look away or might consider the over. And what I will say about weather, sometimes people do overreact to the weather. Uh, it's not necessarily the cold or the rain or the snow that would affect an offense. It's the wind. And we're seeing a lot of wind, heavy winds in these games, especially uh, one that we'll talk about shortly, the Saints uh, Browns. But yeah, like I said, this looks like a low number, but the Ravens have actually stayed under this number of 35 and a half in four of their last five games. Uh, those four games, none of them crossed 30 points even. And I think it's flying under the radar how fantastic this Ravens defense has been lately. They've been absolutely lights out. They've allowed 14 or fewer points in five of their last six games now. And you take a look at the quarterback situation, Tyler Huntley official now. His last three times out, the Ravens have scored three points, 16 points, and 10 points. So regardless of the opponent or weather conditions, uh, the potential for rock bottom scoring seems to be there in Ravens games here lately. I've been riding the under on their games, and I'll continue to do it here. But of course, we're going to look into the opponent, uh, the Falcons. They're not scoring a lot either. They scored 18 or fewer points in five of their last six games. Now you take Desmond Ritter, who looked pretty bad last week in a controlled environment, playing in a dome. He threw uh, for 97 yards on 26 pass attempts. And now we're going to throw him into ice-cold, windy conditions. It does not set up well for him or this offense. You know, the Falcons are a team that lean a lot on the run. They run it at the second-highest percentage in the NFL. And they're facing one of the best running defenses in the NFL. The Ravens are third in yards allowed per rush attempt, also third on third down. And not a lot of big playability from either of these offenses, no matter who the quarterback is. They're second and fourth, second and fourth fewest passing plays of 20 plus yards. I don't know how much passing will be taking place in this game. So I think we're going to see each team running it a lot. And what, what happens when you're running it a lot, the clock keeps moving too. So that's going to help us. So yeah, a lot of ammo here, I think to support a, a low scoring game in Baltimore, those uh, ice cold conditions here Saturday. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't bet it yet, but this, this is intriguing here. Um, you know, for all the reasons that you mentioned and Roquan Smith, like I tend not to think that the addition of a new linebacker into a defense is going to make that big of a difference. Um, you know, and you know, maybe this is just sort of correlation and not causation. But since Roquan Smith arrived, that Denver, I mean, that uh, that Broncos defense, not Broncos, that Ravens defense has seemingly uh, really toughened up. Uh, it's almost impossible to run against them now. And that's the one thing that the Falcons have been able to do well. Their offense is highly predicated on being able to run the ball. And if they're going to be challenged running the ball and they've got a rookie quarterback out there making his second NFL start in horrible conditions, which you just mentioned there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to see how the Falcons won't be scoring points. And 
I mean, yeah, Tyler Huntley's not going to be scoring a lot of points either if uh, what we've seen recently continues to hold. So, uh, yeah, intriguing number there under 35 and a half. Uh, I might be I might be betting that when, once we once we jump off the show. Uh, the next game that I'm looking at here, uh, I'm looking I hate to do it, but the the Vikings minus three and a half hosting the Giants. I think the Vikings are I don't want to say a fraudulent team. Um, but they are a team whose record doesn't really align with some of the underlying performances that we've seen. Um, but it's not as if they're like, quote unquote, fraudulent because they're not getting respect in the market. You know, they're, they don't have the, re- the market respect that you would expect to see from a team that is, you know, one of the best or in terms of records has one of the best records in its conference, uh, you know, a clear division winner at this point of the year. Um, so I, if I'm sort of conflicted on this one, but I have this number projected more like five and a half, 5.75 points. And so at three and a half, even though I'm not moving through a key number here, I still think that there's value. And the matchup that I'm focusing on most is really Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson going against a Giants pass defense that is missing some of its main defenders. So since moving from the slot to the perimeter in week three of his you know 2020 rookie campaign, Justin Jefferson has averaged over 100 yards per game, 101.5 yards per game on 9.9 targets per game. That is that is unbelievable production and usage. And you know, you just look at what he's done this year. Number one among all NFL wide receivers uh, in just basically anything you'd want to look at. But receptions overall, receptions of 10, 20, 30, and 40 plus yards. Uh, number one among all NFL wide receivers in yards receiving in his first three NFL seasons. Like we are talking about a guy who could be historically great. And the Giants are without number one cornerback, Dory Jackson. They've been without him since week 11. He didn't practice on Tuesday. I'm highly doubtful that he plays in this game. And without him, the Giants, they just do not have a cover corner who can hang with Jefferson. And then similarly, they are also without safety, Xavier McKinney, who's on IR with a hand injury. Uh, they haven't had him for a few weeks, I guess maybe like six weeks at this point. Uh, and they're number 32 in defensive pass DVOA against tight ends. So a total smash bot for TJ Hawkinson. And since joining the Vikings in week nine, Hawkinson is number two on the team in targets, receptions, and yards receiving. Like he's really kind of put Adam Thielen into the third role within that offense in the receiving game. And so if the Vikings have like a very strong edge for their top two passing weapons, uh, you know, Jefferson and Hawkinson, and they're, you know, in a dome in one of the, the few like perfectly controlled environmental games this week. Uh, I think that edge is enough to push them over the field goal. And so I think three and a half here provides pretty good value. Do you have any thoughts on this game? I like the Giants on a teaser uh, yeah. based primarily on the Vikings inability to pull away. I think they only had the one double digit win on the season. That was back in week one, actually, versus uh, the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, the, the Vikings have a lot more talent. There's no doubt about that. Um, but ultimately, you know, you dig into the numbers and I don't think that there's a whole lot separating these teams. They're 26th and 27th in, in net yards per play. 
the Giants have been a fantastic bet as an underdog. If you're in the trends, eight and two against the spread, their defense has been pretty good on both third down and in the red zone. I think maybe that could be a bit of a difference. I just find the Vikings frustrating. And the same with no. the, the Giants are frustrating too, because it's like you dig into everything and it's like these teams, they shouldn't be winning all these games, right? And it's the same with, there's been so many times this season with the Vikings. I'm like, oh, geez, this looks like a good number on the Vikings. And you start digging into the stats and stuff. And you're like, wait a minute. This doesn't add up that they're, what's their record now? 11 and three or whatever so. it is. The yeah. Second seed in the, and you know, I, I think, uh, most people are like-minded on the Vikings, unless you're a Vikings fan. A lot of people think they're they're a bit fraudulent and stuff like that. But I don't know, man. It's it's kind of one of those things. People seem to hold it against the team if they uh, win a lot of close games. Like people with the Vikings will be like, yeah, but uh, X percent of their wins are only by one score, so they're not that great. It's like, okay, well. Are, what about the Raiders who are a big punching bag? Uh, the majority of their losses are by one score, you know? Yeah. So, and it is the thing with the Vikings, the majority of their losses last season were by one score. The yep. majority of the wins this year are by one score. So they're just getting that luck at the end. And I don't know, man, maybe there's something to be said about the ability to close out games too. Um, people seem to discredit teams for close wins, but who knows? Yeah, but it's I don't love this game, but if, if the betting option I like best would be Giants on a teaser for sure. Yeah, that's fair. And I got to say, Daniel Jones as a road underdog for his career has been lights out. And so there is, on my part, some trepidation of, you know, betting against the teeth of that trend. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of – I got to go with the number that I have here. And it's it's enough to make me think that there's value on this. Okay, the the uh, the game that people are kind of obsessing about uh, for this <laughs> this weekend, the uh, the game that is you know like the sign and symbol of all of the weather issues we have across the slate, the Browns hosting the Saints, thirty two and a half is the the total here, and I mean it got down to thirty one maybe at, at one point, and it's it's bumped up a little bit, um, but I mean no question about it. Uh, this is the weather game, not only of just this season, but maybe of like the past few years. Like we got to think of like that Buffalo uh, Patriots game. You know, that's maybe one with all of the win that they had there. But I still nothing, nothing like this uh, in terms of the total and, and what expectations might be heading into this game. So you are on the under here, 32 and a half, one of the lowest totals that we are ever going to see. Uh, I mean, unless the NFL changes significantly and, you know, the defense is favored in, in all these situations for the future. But, I mean, we might never see another another game like this. You're taking the under here. Uh, I mean, break it down. Yeah, I love the under in this one. Potential for 50-mile-per-hour wins. That's going to be very impactful, you know. How bad would it suck to play in these conditions, especially yeah. uh, the Dome team coming up from uh, – New Orleans, who has nowhere to go this season. I'm sure they're not looking forward to this game, but extreme wind, extreme cold, potential for some snow to be flying around. You know, I don't think, are these offenses going to be able to throw it farther than 10 yards? No. Uh, what about field goal kicking? I think that's probably going to be out of the question too. And you take the weather out of it for a second. This Browns offense has been brutal. Since uh, Deshaun Watson took over, he's been with the team for three games now. 
the offense has scored 29 points in those three games. 29 points from the offense. Now, that Texans game, of course, there was some defensive and special teams touchdowns. But uh, just brutal. And and you dig into their numbers. uh, They've been awful on third down. Yards per play near the bottom of the league over that three-game span. You know, they just combined for – there was only 16 total points in the Browns-Ravens game last week. And then you take a look at the Saints on the road. They don't travel well. I don't know what it is. But you take a look at what they've done offensively on the road this season. Games of 16 points. They were shut out in San Francisco. They had a 10-point game in Pittsburgh. They had a 14-point game earlier in the season. Now we're taking them out of that dome. And they're being forced to play in historically bad weather. So same with uh, the Ravens game, uh, Ravens-Falcons game. These teams are going to be running it a lot. What happens when you're running the ball a lot? The clock keeps moving. So, you know, I'm going to take the under. I feel pretty good about it. But, you know, that win does have the impact to screw us over on some punts, potentially. Who knows? Some uh, bad passes might hang up there a little bit. Could lead to a pick six or two. You know, for a total this low, it might only take, you know, one crazy thing, a bad font. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, like, how bad does it suck when you're on an under and there's a pick six or a kick return or a, yeah. a bad turnover in the wrong end? But, but yeah, um, just the wind is going to be insane. So I think the clock's going to be moving all game long and uh, a lot of running, not a lot of big play ability in this game. And teams will be able to, you know, know that the run is coming, essentially. So probably a lot of three and outs as well. Yeah, I think the chaos of the weather tends towards the under in this spot. And I got to say, early in, and by early, I mean like Sunday night, when I saw this line come out, and I believe it was around 34. I, you know, I'm a skeptical person by nature. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, like, yeah, people can say the weather is going to be bad, but this is like already at 34. It's like, this is a really low line. So I just, you know, uh, I, I took the over. I hate that position now. Uh, now that we're like, you know, I was thinking like we're a week out, you know, like weather forecasts can change. Maybe all this bad weather, it, you know, is delayed by a day or it gets here, you know, a day earlier, whatever it is. But uh, no, the, if anything, the weather forecast has gotten worse. Uh, and so I had the over 34, uh, basically just burning money at that point. I might need the warmth uh, from burning <laughs> that ticket on fire based on the weather that we're going to get. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If I had to take a position on the total now, I would definitely be going under here and i do like the saints actually in this spot even though they are the dome team uh, i think they are the team that is better equipped to be running the ball nick chubb is dealing with injuries deshaun watson uh yeah he's a dome quarterback from all of his time in houston and uh you know i think we could see a little more Taysom hill uh in this spot it feels like a Taysom hill like running the wildcat way more than we've seen at any other point this year and uh, with him and, and Kamara there going against a, a run defense that really hasn't been able to do much the entirety of this season, I could see the Saints not dominating on the ground, but doing enough to be able to uh, to cover the spread here. Yeah, the Saints have the better defense as well. Yeah. I don't think there's much yeah. debate there. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the uh, Saints win that one outright. Yeah. All right. And uh, a final game here that uh, I'm looking at. 
Tennessee minus three and a half. And uh, this was three when I when I bet it uh, on Wednesday. And uh, so that's the line I logged in the betting pros app where you can sync up with sports books, get free betting advice and picks and track different experts in your own bets. And you can set alerts. We monitor all the major sports books. So when one of them has a line move that hits a threshold you've set, you get an alert that tells you where to make the bet at the book that provides the most value. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play Store. So yeah, three and a half. I bet this at three, the line has moved, but I still think that there's some value here. I have this projected at four and a half and the, uh, the thesis is pretty simple. Uh, Houston is bad. That's, that's my analysis. Uh, at, at minus three, this number went too far. I still think there's value at three and a half. Uh, the Texans played really hard in back-to-back games against championship contenders. I doubt they have it within them to do it for a third straight game. And yes, the, the Titans are injured, uh, you know, like up and down offense defense they are injured there's no question about that but they still have derrick henry and we have seen them with malik willis play against the the texans before uh and that spread was three and a half um you know and now you have the titans not in drastically different circumstances in terms of all of the other players you have the titans uh at home in this spot and the line is still three and a half and the Titans were able to cover. And I don't look at the Texans and think that they are a significantly better football team than they were when these teams met earlier in the season. And I don't think the Titans are significantly worse than they were uh, in that first meeting. So, uh, you know, three and a half, uh, you know, divisional matchup outdoors, maybe, you know, potential for crazy weather, you know, I, I can see why there might be trepidation, but we're still getting the better team uh, with a, a running back who has been able to trash his opponents. Uh, I mean, the Texans have just been unable to stop Derrick Henry uh, for the last few years, and we certainly saw that earlier when these teams met and Derrick Henry went for over 200 yards. So uh, I like the spot here of the the Titans minus three, uh, minus three and a half at home hosting the Texans. Now, Joe, do you have any thoughts on this one? You might you yeah. might be on the opposite side here. No, I, I'm with you here. I view this as a, a good buy low spot uh, versus a, a decent sell high spot. You know, yeah. uh, Tennessee coming off four straight losses, and you know it's hard, it's hard to guess motivation coming into these games, but you gotta assume four straight losses. You know, they're still holding on to that playoff spot. Yeah. You, get, you gotta assume this is probably gonna be their best effort of the season and we have seen situations like this with Malik Willis going into Kansas City on Sunday night the Chiefs needed overtime to beat the Titans in that game and for the Texans you got to wonder how much uh how much they got left in the tank after those two games I don't know if it was a playing down to the competition or taking them lightly or look ahead whatever you call it for the Chiefs and Cowboys what is going on there you give the Texans credit for that but at the end of the day, you pull back and you take a look at the bigger picture. They're, they're the worst team in football. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, Coach Mike should have the Titans uh, up for this one. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a good buy low spot versus the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. All right. One more game here that I, I want to get your thoughts on. You know, 
we opened the show talking about like it's that time of year everything is coming together we got the the mvp race and uh you know patrick mahomes versus josh allen versus jalen hurts who was the front runner uh, mm. and and now is not the front runner anymore with the the shoulder injury that he is dealing with and you know my my instinct is that i think patrick mahomes is the most valuable player i think he probably will win the award but there's something in the back of my neanderthal brain that makes me interested in josh allen and you know, he was the front runner entering the season the bills currently have the number one seed josh allen beat patrick mahomes head-to-head and had a really good game in that performance Josh Allen had a really great game last week. And if Josh Allen puts together three more games where he's lights out, you know, does Josh Allen-y type of things, the Bills finish the season with the number one seed. Like, if you had given me this general setup and told me this before the season started, I would say, okay, if all of that has taken place, Josh Allen is the MVP frontrunner in week 16 but he's not he's you know plus 500 plus 550 at various books do you have any thoughts on on josh allen and you know how we might see this mvp race play out at the end of the year yeah i think that's a good take it's a narrative driven award right it's not like they're using a bunch of different metrics and they're like okay this guy has the most points so he wins the mvp right it's a bunch of writers and stuff voting for this. So if Josh Allen, Monday Night Football, I think it's next week against the Cincinnati Bengals, that's yeah. shaping up to be one of the games of the year. If Josh Allen once again has a great game and if he can, you know, have put together a great final drive in the fourth quarter, something of that nature, absolutely. I could see him getting it. You know, you've seen Kansas City. Uh, they play down to the competitions. It's they do. time after time. Like I like the Seahawks here, a plus 10 against some. Uh, on Saturday, but uh, I don't know. Do, do you hold that against Patrick Mahomes at all? That they need overtime to beat the Texans, overtime to beat Malik Willis. You know, they uh, let the Broncos hang around in that game. They they barely covered against the, the Rams a few weeks ago. But yeah, at plus five fifty, I mean, this is something that could turn on its head this weekend. Josh Allen could go out and run for a hundred yards in Chicago, for example, and maybe Mahomes comes out and has a two touchdown, two interception game. and looks kind of average and they win by three points. I think you could see uh, the odds shift in that instance, right? So a lot can be, because these are the most important games of the week, of the season. Yeah. Stretch run of the season. Uh, teams are trying to solidify their playoff positioning. So if Josh Allen can outplay Mahomes in two of the three games, I don't see much of an argument against him. I mean, there's good arguments for both of the guys, but I don't necessarily understand why uh, Allen's there at plus 550 right now. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's what I'm seeing. And yeah, as you mentioned, this Bills game in Chicago, you know, it's it's one of the three games. We could see Allen go out there and just run for a ton of yardage, and, you know, that would be something that kind of distinguishes him from what we normally see out of Mahomes. And, and by the way, we're giving away a free sign, speaking of the Bills, a free signed Isaiah McKenzie Buffalo Bills mini helmet for pristine auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now and comment below on the video. We will announce a winner in a future episode. Joe, thanks for joining us. Tell all the people where to find you on social and find your work. Yeah, find me a very active on Twitter. You can find me at JTFOZ. 
Uh, I work for a company called Vegas Insider, host a show Monday through Friday called Chasing That Paper. Uh, we cover pretty much every sport that there is to cover. It's a very to-the-point program, kind of like yours. It's just front-loaded with, uh, with picks for that day's games. Uh, that's on the Vegas Insider YouTube channel, 11 Eastern, Monday through Friday. So find us there. Check that out. Uh, and the podcast comes out uh, every afternoon, the replay of every show. All right, he is Joe Osborne. I'm Matthew Friedman at Matt F. The Oracle. Check out Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros for all of my work, best bets, player props, uh, fantasy favorites, player projections and rankings, and more. If you like the show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. That is going to do it for this Week 16 Christmas Eve Best Bets edition of the Betting Pros Pod. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck. Have a great holiday weekend and see you next episode.